Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right is John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Hello, everyone. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, former President Trump indicted again. Is he guilty of felony crimes or a victim of election interference of the highest order? A famous Cardinal fan known as the Rally Runner is accused of running amok during the January 6th riots at the U.S. Capitol. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones heads to Kansas City as problems keep piling up at home. And in our quote of the week, the roof is on fire. The Missouri Democrat Party stokes potential violence by quoting a once popular song. Also, Devin Archer, a key figure in the Hunter Biden case, testifies before a congressional committee. And we flash back to a time when a hotly contested presidential election did not lead to criminal prosecutions. But we begin with the present day and an election battle that could send former President Trump to prison. Here's Mr. Trump after he was arraigned on federal conspiracy charges in the past week. This is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very you much. Want these, like, you want these Mr. Trump pleaded not guilty. He's accused of conspiring to overturn the results of the 2020 election. He claims President Biden is using the Department of Justice to knock him out of the 2024 presidential race. Donald Trump is the Republican frontrunner by far. John, in the end, Donald Trump left office on Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2021. There was a peaceful transfer of power to Joe Biden that day. Are there really any crimes here that cry out for criminal prosecution? Well, we'll find out. A grand jury thought so. Uh, now, this case, I think, Trump has got some defenses here. Uh, you know, he... He's going to claim that he believed he won the election and they were taking steps and he was taking them on the advice of his counsel, his lawyers. And he's going to argue that that is inherently not criminal conduct. A lot of folks have mischaracterized this as a, an attack of the First Amendment. It's not his speech that's being prosecuted here. It's the actions they took. Were those actions illegal? I've always thought the documents case was much more cut and dried uh, than this. Uh, but... You know, if they can if they can determine and if the jury believes them that there was a criminal conspiracy here, a multi pronged effort to change the result of the election that was unjustified. That's what the that's what the indictment alleges. Uh, then he'll be convicted. But I do think Trump for this case has some some defenses. Is this criminal? Sure. He's been impeached already. People say, you know, that. Impeach that ran its course? Yeah, but impeachment's a political process that was in, took place in the Senate. I mean, this is holding him accountable for violating the law in the District of Columbia. Um, and I think Jack Smith's got a pretty solid case. He clearly is fast-tracking this to move this along quite expeditiously. And I think we may be seeing Donald Trump in a courtroom right after the first of the year. 
That's what I was going to ask. What about the timeline? Do you think it needs to be full steam ahead and get this done before? Well, the I mean, Trump's lawyers want to delay it, obviously. Right. They've asked for three years' time for discovery. I don't think they're going to be granted that. Uh, I suspect that this will be heard uh, yeah, shortly after the first, maybe February, March, but I mean, who knows? And the documents case is set for May, I believe. Yeah, that's going to get pushed back, though, because of the superseding indictment. And, you know, so we'll see how that all Trump goes. Airlines is going to get a lot of frequent flyer miles going to Iowa, New Hampshire, Florida, and Washington, D.C. He's going to be traveling a lot during the primary process. Don't forget Atlanta. And Atlanta. So far, the top... Trump supporters in Congress from our area are sticking by him. Congresswoman Mary Miller of Illinois, along with Missouri Senators Hawley and Schmidt. Here's a quick sampling from around the country, beginning with Senator Schmidt. I mean, it's another political prosecution uh, by the Biden administration. I think it pushes people to support President Trump because they know if they can do this to Donald J. Trump, they can do it to them. It is focused, framed on the crimes, 45 pages of powerful facts. There needs to be accountability here. Now, one of Donald Trump's boldest critics is his former national security advisor, John Bolton. In a way, he echoes what you just heard from Senator Marsha Blackburn. He calls this political Russian roulette, saying Trump supporters likely will jump ship if he is convicted, but conviction is nowhere near a certainty. And if he somehow gets through this, there very well could be a backlash to the extent that Donald Trump not only wins the Republican nomination, but ends up back in the White House. Your thoughts on that, Michael? Could well, Democrats be overplaying their hand? It, this isn't Democrats. This was a special counsel that came from Congress, or I mean, from the uh, Department of Justice to investigate. Uh, you, they can try to make this about whatever they want. This is about holding people accountable under the law. Um, and we're trying to make this about the, the Biden Justice Department's out there prosecuting. In every one of these instances, a grand jury brought these charges forward, and a jury of his peers are going to be the ones who are going to make the ultimate decision. It has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Do Republicans ever jump ship here? Not most of them, uh, and that's because most of our electorate out there, Donald Trump's over 50% in the polls for the GOP primary in a, what, a 12-way field? Uh, so, and, and I do think, you know, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that one juror that says he's not guilty equals a hung jury equals no conviction. Uh, Bolton, I think, makes a point. And here's the other thing, you know, everybody out there saying Trump can't win. I don't think he can win. But here's what I will say. He's running better against Joe Biden today. Three indictments in today than he was running against Joe Biden at any point during the 2019-2020 election cycle. Let that sink in. Well, huh? let it sink in. What a sad state of reality this country is. We've never had a former president or a president be indicted. Now we've had a president be indicted three times, potentially four, on close to 80 counts. This is mind-blowing. How real is the possibility that he could get convicted and be in prison before November 2024. I don't think he'll go to prison under any circumstances. Remember, he's a Secret Service protectee. Secret Service is going to say, uh, you know, we can't protect him in prison. Uh, if, if, he gets, if he gets convicted, the most more likely outcome, I think, is some form of house arrest. Uh, but uh, we're a long way from that. Could he still be president? 
Yes. Well, and if he's president, he's going to pardon himself. I just wish he'd go away. He's such a bad man. He's a bad man for democracy. I don't get why the Republicans continue to embrace him. Uh, they have the best opportunity to win the White House they've ever had, and they may nominate the one guy who can't win. I mean, that's, that's hard to argue with. Hunter Biden business associate Devin Archer says President Biden is lying when he says he had no role in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. Archer served on the board of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. He appeared before the House Oversight Committee, which is looking into whether Joe Biden in the past used his influence as vice president to help make millions of dollars from foreign countries for his son Hunter and the rest of the Biden family. Archer told the committee that Hunter had put his father on speakerphone with associates about 20 separate times back then, but they never really talked business. However, Archer also said in an interview that President Biden's claim that he had no role in Hunter's business dealings was categorically false. Archer also told the committee that he and Hunter's associates from Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine had dinners in D.C. with then-Vice President Joe Biden in 2014 and 2015. What do you make of all of this, Michael Kelly? Well, there's a lot of talk, right? There's a lot of allegations, and doesn't sound good, doesn't smell good. If There's no facts, though, so let's get the facts and the evidence on the table. Uh, as it relates to influence peddling, which is ultimately what Hunter Biden has been doing, I don't like it, doesn't smell well, but for those of you who are out there wanting to target just Hunter Biden on it, household names right here in Missouri, Blunts, Carnahan's, have been doing the exact same thing for decades, this is all legal under the law. It doesn't smell good, uh, but it's legal. And boy, there's going to be a lot of people going down if, you, if you're talking about influence peddling. Democrats say no, just some smoke, no smoke. fire. But are, are you feel a couple of flames coming up? Yeah, here? I mean, it smells like a two-month-old gallon of whole milk, Andy. It, it, this is this is no good. And to have us believe that the that Joe Biden and his son never discussed business. I mean, I discuss business with my son every time I talk to him. You probably do with your kids as well. So that's a lie. And you put Joe Biden on the phone at meetings or send him to a dinner. Why? Because you're demonstrating the access you have. They're cashing in on that. Now, what we don't have here yet is any evidence that Joe Biden has cashed in on any of these deals. If we find that, especially as he's an elected official vice president, that's bribery, that's corruption, and that's ball game. Sounds like you're saying the same thing I am, which is that it was essentially influence peddling. There's no evidence that there was a violation of the law. But, John, you and I both know this is what happens. Yeah, we'll find out. A Cardinal fan known for wearing all red, painting his face red, and running around Bush Stadium during ball games is now accused of being part of the mob that rioted at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. He's known as the rally runner. 43-year-old Daniel Donnelly is now charged with a felony count of interfering with police during a civil disorder. He's accused of using a stolen police shield against police in the push to get into the Capitol building. He talked about doing so in a Facebook video. He was there, all in red, just like at a Cardinal game. Critics say people get away with this all the time during anti-police protests in St. Louis. And he's getting prosecuted for it in D.C. What do you think, John? Well, he may have gone to the wrong rally this time. Uh, I mean, you know, if you just look at the history of the other folks that have gone to jail over Jan January 6th, it doesn't look good for him. Michael? He's a weirdo. 
I mean, anybody who gets up and runs around and does this kind of stuff, and now he's, you know, whatever. I'm glad he's no longer going to be out there uh, getting in the way when I'm trying to get into Bush Stadium. Not as hard as it used to be these days. Uh, but, you know, look, this is, this is just nuttiness. And, you know, when the Republicans use this line, well, they could eventually do this to you. How many of you act like this clown? Next on Hancock and Kelly, is it St. Louis mayors going AWOL at a problem time at home? And Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg rides the Metrolink in East St. Louis. What's that all about? Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was here and took a ride on Metrolink in East St. Louis. We recognize the importance of transit, for making it possible for people to get through daily life, for being part of the solution to climate, for being part of how we can bring greater equity to transportation, getting people to where they need to be regardless of where they live. He announced more than $27 million in funding to help Metro recover from last summer's flash flooding. In total, the federal government is pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into Metrolink. Senator Dick Durbin says Metrolink is growing, but there's actually been a sharp decline in ridership with the pandemic and problems with crimes related to or tied to Metrolink stations or Metrolink platforms. Michael, is this a wise investment? Well, uh, the new cars, yes. We have the line. It needs to be paid for. The new cars make sense. They need to make the, the, the train safe. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who'd like to use it. There's a lot of people who used to use it who no longer use it. The couple hundred million dollars extra that we're putting in now potentially for a north-south metro link, I think there's better ways for us to be spending it on public transportation, a very vital need in the St. Louis area. Underserved folks need access to uh, public transportation. I'm just not sure that investing in another line for Metrolink makes sense. John? Well, you know, Pete had plenty of elbow room on that thing because nobody <coughs> rides Metrolink. And, uh, you know, throwing $200 million here, $200 million there, we don't have the money in this country. This is a foolish expenditure of the people's money. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones was with Mr. Buttigieg during the visit. He, she has signed a new gun control ordinance after pressure from her fellow Democrats. She had stalled on signing it for weeks. Her father, the former city comptroller Burvis Jones, who long ago did prison time for corruption in office, called the ordinance racist. The ordinance requires that anyone openly carrying a firearm must have a concealed carry permit. The mayor only signed it after traveling to Kansas City to visit with KC Mayor Quentin Lucas, who serves with her as a co-chair for the national group Mayors Against Illegal Guns. Jones's opponent in the last election, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, sponsored the St. Louis ordinance. Mayor Jones is also facing continued scrutiny for failing to address St. Louis's 911 crisis. A shortage of 911 dispatchers for years has led to emergency calls going unanswered still. Her administration has allegedly been skirting hiring laws to put her appointees on the city's payroll. Issues of overcrowding and mismanagement persist at the city jail after she closed the St. Louis medium security institution known as the workhouse. John, what do you think about how she's handling all of this and how do you rate her first term as mayor? Uh, F, and I don't think she's handling this well. We've got a city in massive crisis on multiple fronts, not the least of which is crime, and I don't see any change. Should Democrats stand behind her, given all the pileup of 
issues? Well, first of all, it doesn't matter because Democrats are going to have a Democrat regardless who runs in the city of St. Louis. I'm glad she finally signed the bill. If I was complaining about gun crisis in the state of Missouri, I'd be jumping up and down and signing it in seconds. Look, I think the mayor's uh, got some serious issues. I think the only thing, only successes she seems to be racking up are frequent flyer miles and traveling, being able to go to Kansas City and talk about guns. Can't show up to press conferences in St. Louis. Police officers get shot. The mayor wears nowhere to be seen. The mayor is absent. Basic government services aren't getting done. Yeah, Democrats should stand behind her because she's the only one that's got police protection. <laughs> Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, the roof is on fire. It's our quote of the week. And a Hancock and Kelly time machine trip back to Bush v. Gore. Is there a lesson for Trump v. Biden? The Missouri Democratic Party has deleted a tweet that jokingly encouraged the burning of a home of a Donald Trump supporter. The home is covered with pro-Trump signage. The tweet from the official Twitter account of the Missouri Democratic Party is our quote of the week. It's a takeoff on a hit song from the 80s. Remember, the roof is on fire. Here's the tweet. The roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the, insert your word, burn. Hashtag vote blue 24. The tweet featured a photo of the house. The party's director called this inappropriate and said the person behind the tweet has been disciplined. Michael, is that enough for potentially encouraging violence in these hypercharged times politically? There's no excuse for this. I guess they've dealt with them. Uh, at the end of the day, it's hard to take the moral high ground when you're laying in the gutter. John? Years ago, when I was the executive director of the Missouri Republican Party, we had to fire our communications director because he said something inappropriate about Senator McCaskill. Uh, you know, you got to be pretty thoughtful on social media, and, and that kind of stuff is no good. I mean, should somebody get fired? Even Democrats. There are Democrats saying I, whoever did this needs to get fired, and they need to say we fired somebody. I can't believe there's a social media director in the Democratic <laughs> Party anymore. I, uh, there's not much of a Democratic Party left in Jefferson City. <laughs> Finally, time for a trip in the Hancock and Kelly time machine. Back to the year 2000, when a Democrat who vehemently challenged a presidential election in court, politely conceded defeat. Just moments ago, I spoke with George W. Bush and congratulated him. That was Al Gore. George W. Bush actually lost the popular vote in a 5-4 Supreme Court vote. Uh, that ended a legal battle over votes in Florida, the hanging chads and all of that, which gave Florida to Bush by 154 votes. At least that's what it stood at. That was his margin that decided the whole election uh, when the recounts were stopped by the courts. That gave him the Electoral College victory by winning Florida and sent him to the White House. 23 years later, John, are there lessons to be learned for Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden and the rest of America? Well, we've gone from hanging chads to hang Mike Pence <laughs> in just 23 years. Uh, I mean, look, That's vigorously contest the election outcome. Gore did. He never led in any recount in Florida. The right decision was made 23 years ago, and the right decision was made in 2020. It wasn't all rosy back then either. I mean, this was wicked. Right. The, the battles back and forth, but there was some dignity at the end. Of well, the there's longing for that type of behavior. And if you remember at that time, he was accused of trying to incite an insurrection, etc. Little did we know what we would be going into a couple of decades later. Kudos to Al Gore for being a real man and acting like one. It's a shame our former president acts like a child. Final thoughts are next. First, Bomberito.com drone fox over the West County Mall, Manchester and 270. Remember meeting people at the Dove? Yeah.
Final thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I woke up early this morning before us to watch that pitiful soccer game. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Different day for the American women. What was the, uh, what was the score there, Michael? It's <laughs> zero, 0 John. Hmm. That's all I got here. That's why you love soccer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning. Fox News Sunday is next. And remember, as always, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. We'll see you next week.